0: Our scripture today, Acts two, forty-two through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Good morning. It's good to be with you. D.L. Moody was a famous preacher evangelist in Chicago, and he went out one afternoon in the wintertime to visit a prominent Chicago businessman and spent some time with him, and they were talking about what it means to be part of the church and what membership looks like, and, and just involvement and sharing your life in the church. And the businessman said to him, you know what, D.L., I can be just as good of a Christian outside of the church as I can inside the church. And so without saying a word, D.L. Moody went over to the roaring fire and he grabbed a hot coal out of the fireplace and he set it on the hearth. And they sat in the chair together. Not a word was said between them. And they both watched that ember die out. And once it had died out, the man turned to D.L. Moody and said, I see. I see. You see, the early church wasn't in arguments and discussions about what it meant to be inside the church or outside the church or how, many, how often I go to church, what it looks like to, to become a member They weren't talking about, well, I can can love God better in the mountains. They were focused, laser focused and concerned with being the church. With being the church. You see, they were in the burning fire. They couldn't imagine life lived outside of that. Being placed on the hearth wasn't even a thought to them. The Holy Spirit was at work. Aslan was on the move. Christ was being proclaimed. His life being lived out. People were being saved. Verse 41 says, And those who accepted his message, Peter's message, they were baptized, they were saved, they were pierced to the core, and about 3,000 came to Christ on that day of Pentecost what an amazing harvest what an amazing joy what an amazing transformation could you imagine being there and thousands upon thousands coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and receiving His grace what a beautiful transformation of souls but it didn't stop there That wasn't the end of the story. It was the beginning of the story. Of Christ's church and His life being poured into ours. And how the church exploded because He was changing hearts. The Holy Spirit was sweeping across. People were repenting for their sin. They were being forgiven. They were receiving salvation. It was just the beginning of the story. You and I are a continuation of the story. And their lives were so changed that in verse 42 we see, and they became devoted to the apostles' teaching. They became devoted to koinonia, fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. They became devoted to the needy of the church and they became devoted to witness, to sharing this good news. You see, They didn't simply go to church. This wasn't a a weekly snack, a spiritual energy boost. Fellowship, church, gathering together to give praise to God was this intravenous flow of spiritual life for them. Once they were saved, here's the truth. They were plugged into the body of Christ. Christ. And so it's true of you and me. Once you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now part of the body of Christ. We are now brothers and sisters together in the Lord. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's our whole theme for Acts. Living out His life. It's I who no longer live, but Christ who lives through me. And that's why I pray for us this morning that we will see in this passage from this early church, this this wonderful model, this wonderful example of what it means to be a learning church, a, a loving church, a worshiping church. And that we'll learn what it means to be those who are devoted to Christ. Let's pray for that. Father, I pray that this morning that your Holy Spirit would pour out upon us. I pray that we would hear your words from this book of Acts, and that we would be uh, challenged in our thinking, challenged in our priorities, that we would be committed to you, Father, that that we wouldn't think of church as, as a spiritual snack, but as life source together. So, Father, move in our midst and, and draw us close to you. We want to know more of you today. We want to see your face in, in wonderful ways today. We thank you that you are alive and you are in this church. In your precious name, amen. Amen. So right after Pentecost, 3,000 come to Jesus. And I'm sure they're all looking at each other going, well, now what? How how do we do this? What do we do now? This is amazing. God has changed my heart. And you know what he did in that? He he drew them together. And if there's one word that that I would put upon this early church that I see in this text, especially. One word for them. Is devoted. They became a devoted people. Devoted to the things of Jesus. Devoted to Him as their Lord and Savior. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, going, How do we live now? We want to follow you. You've changed my heart. You've given me new life. I want to know you more, Jesus. And they were devoted. Devoted means to be close at hand to. To persevere in. To adhere to one thing. There's an old saying. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's what they did. They kept Jesus the main thing. They were devoted, steadfast, in their pursuit of knowing Him more. Of receiving from Him and responding in obedience to the life that He had given to them. The question for us is, what are we devoted to? What's the main thing for us? If you were to ask in your hearts, this is the one thing that I'm most passionate about, this is the main thing for me. I think if we're honest, we might say, well, our family. Our children, my goodness. We're devoted to a lot of good things our jobs, our family, friends, devoted to them. For many of us in this community, devoted to Boise State football. Maybe not anymore after last night. That was a tough one. There was one sports fan, He's a soccer fan, and he was so devoted to his soccer team that he was actually a, he was a crazy fan. They actually kicked him out. He wasn't allowed to come to the games anymore because he got too crazy in the stands. He was causing trouble. So what he did for the next game when he got kicked, he rented he rented this wonderful, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, not escalator, um, uh, lift. This wonderful lift. Actually, there's one out front. He it, it, it went up. It was a crane, actually. This wonderful crane, it went up 60 feet above the stadium, and there was a platform on it, and he went up and he watched the game from the parking lot on his crane so that he could be devoted to his team. That's incredible devotion. For the new church, for the new believers, because of who Jesus is, he's their Savior. Because of what he did in their lives, They responded in such a way that was devoted to the relationship with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is what it's going to look like now to to live in community. We, We must draw together. And so they gathered together in the temple courts. And they gathered home to home. All centered on Jesus. Delivered and saved. They hungered for more of Him, not just a spiritual snack on Sundays. What are we devoted to? Well, Scriptures this morning take us into verse 42 of chapter 2. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. And the verb tense there is this ongoing action all the time. They didn't stop being devoted to the apostles' teaching. Wanting to hear truth from the apostles. and what They had been with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. He had given them truth. What were the apostles teaching? The apostles were teaching the Word of God. And they were following the example of Jesus. Remember in Luke 24, there's these guys on the road to Emmaus. Jesus shows up. They don't recognize it's Him. And He... He starts teaching them all the things that the Scripture, from Moses to the prophets, all the things that taught about who Jesus was. And all of a sudden their eyes were open. There was this burning. That's what the apostles are teaching. They're teaching everything that the Scriptures taught about Jesus and pointed to Him. And the people were longing to know the truth. They were longing to hear His Word. You see, it wasn't this this focus on we gotta we gotta have this emotional experience and feelings. Although God gives us beautiful emotion and feelings. But they weren't dedicated to we gotta get more of those feelings. They were dedicated to the teaching of the word, truth. We live in this crazy society that doesn't know truth anymore. Giuliani throws out that famous statement, well, the truth isn't the truth. Well, well, then what are you supposed to do? Where do you find truth? And Jesus says, I am the way. I am truth. I am life. And you can come to the Father by nobody except through me, Jesus. Jesus. Will you receive my grace? Will you receive my forgiveness? Will you know me and receive me as your Lord and Savior? When you do, you receive truth and life and salvation. Because I'm the way. You want to know where truth is? It's in Jesus and His Word. And so they were devoted to knowing truth. We have a hunger. We all desire to know truth. It, it meets our one of our deepest longings. When we're in the Word, we know truth through this. Giuliani, you want to know what truth is? It's right here. It's to be found in Jesus. And so they were committed because the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. And it pierces. And those 3,000 that day at Pentecost, they were pierced to the core, weren't they? Word of God was being spoken out. Who this Jesus was, was being spoken out. And they received it. And God changed them forever. Holy Spirit is working and is on the move. And is changing hearts. They were seeking after truth. Devoted to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching eventually ended up becoming what we have in the New Testament today, didn't it? Let me just do a little side note. Every generation we see this. We see a group of people coming through in churches nationwide and we see it every generation. And they'll say things like this. We are the new apostles. And we have a new word from God. And so listen to us and listen to our teaching because we are the new apostles. We are going to usher in the kingdom. And I want to tell you right now, this very present day, this is happening. People claiming we are the new apostles. You must listen to our teaching. And I would just encourage you to be very discerning when you hear those words. We have the apostles teaching. It's good and it's final. We have the word of God. Nothing to be added to it. This is truth. And we hold to this. And be careful of those who come through saying we have a new word from the new apostles. They were devoted to the things that were true that God was doing in their lives. And they were being fed by the word of God, the apostles teaching and growing in who they were in Christ. So the question for us today is what's our devotion like to the word of God, to the apostles teaching, which is, you know, as we bring the word of God to you, that's the apostles teaching. That's. It's what God brought us from Old Testament all the way through. That's why we're so dedicated to it. What's it like for us? Well, one of the things, and we have our core ministry principles, and one of the things, uh, these are in the back rack, by the way, and I printed off a bunch more yesterday because I want you guys to have these. But here's what we say as a church about teaching. We are convinced that the submissive response to Scripture is the basis of living as a disciple. We believe that by His Spirit, God speaks to us through His Word and uses it to transform us. Amen and amen. Let us be a people devoted to the Scriptures. What's it like for you personally? I hope you don't just come on Sundays. I really hope that's not the case. This is a good part of the feeding. This is a good part. But let us be a church that just longs for more of Jesus. Devoted to His Word so that we can know Him more, follow Him, receive instruction for life. I hope that you're finding podcasts or Bible studies or growth groups that you can be involved in, that you're continually growing in the Apostles' teaching. It's part of the way that we remain in the vine, John 15, isn't it? We get that life source. We remain by by being in His Word, being with Him. Here's what John Stott says. The Spirit of God leads the people of God to submit to the Word of God. The Spirit of God leads the people of God to submit to the Word of God. And they were devoted to it. And I hope we are as well. And they were devoted to fellowship, to koinonia, to gathering together, to being with one another. This is one of the most difficult things for us, isn't it? And I don't know why it is, but we're living in a world that actually is getting more involved with virtual relationships than we are with one another personally and right in front of each other. There's over 175 million users of virtual reality video games and connections. 175 million. There's 24 million just here in the U.S. using virtual reality to connect with people. Nick Yee, who's a graduate from Stanford University, Ph.D., he did a survey on this because what psychologists were discovering was it's very porous. Our, our, we're blurring reality versus virtual. And so he did his whole study his whole thesis on this, and he he came up, 30,000 people that he studied with. And he said, of the gamers, 30,000 gamers, it says that 40% of men, 53% of women, who play online games, here's what they said. Their virtual friends were equal or better than their real-life friends. More than a quarter of these gamers said their emotional highlight of the past week occurred in the virtual world. We're being attacked and challenged and and drawn to these things because we struggle with relationship with one another. We are hyper-connected and we're ultra-lonely. We don't really have friends. And the Lord, as His life is poured into us, He calls us and He moves us into this relationship with one another. Koinonia, to to share in, to have a common interest. And you know what our commonality is? It's not just stuff that they shared in at the church. Our commonality, what we share in, is Jesus. And the truth is, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, here's the truth of you and me. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family. And he calls us into that. Hebrews 10 says, stop, stop forsaking the gathering. You need to be in the gathering. We need to be around each other. You see, when we are together, the life of Christ is poured out through us and we learn from each other. We, are, we learn more of Jesus about our time together as we see Christ in you. Koinonia. It's this Trinitarian experience. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We share in that. Remember John 17? Prayer of Jesus? Oh, I pray, Lord, that they become one, like you and I are one. That they will know this intimacy, this fellowship, this koinonia, this relationship. May they know it like we have it. And the truth is we can. We can have that together. Allow the Holy Spirit to move into your life. It's this agape love He gives us. The self-sacrificial love, this amazing love towards one another. There's a reason I can say to you, hey, I love you. And really mean it. Because Christ is our center. And it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who's living through me. And that's the same for you. But we struggle here. We're distant from each other. Bonhoeffer says Christian brotherhood is not an ideal in which we in which we must realize. It's rather a reality created by God in which we may participate. What a wonderful thing that we get to participate in. It's a beautiful reality that He's given to us. It's a gift to have brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know what I often wonder sometimes when I stand up here and I, I look out at us as a body? I also ask the question like, why are there so many gaps? Why are there gaps in between who you're sitting next to? Really, why? Because we're uncomfortable with each other? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. It should be like Thanksgiving coming home together. I'm happy to see you tell me about your week, or I don't know you. Tell me who you are. Why the heck are you here? Get to know each other. Why are there gaps? I mean, honestly, I know societal norms, and but we're brothers and sisters to be together, to share our love with each other. There's people who show up here who don't know the love of Jesus yet. And if you reach out to them and and just want to know who they are, doesn't that share the love of Jesus? Let's stop living so distant from each other. They gather together in the temple. They gather together in their homes. We need to be part of each other's lives. You need to be in a growth group or a smaller fellowship. I really mean it. If you're not, you need to be. We experience the life of Christ in fellowship and community. We only get an hour here on Sundays. It's kind of hard to dig into each other's lives on Sunday mornings. Let us be devoted to koinonia, to fellowship with one another, to enjoying what the Lord is doing with us and growing and learning from each other. It's a miracle how he breaks down the barriers as we follow the Lord, the Holy Spirit's moving. And they were devoted, the scriptures say, to the breaking of bread. Devoted to the apostles' teaching. Devoted to koinonia fellowship. Devoted to the breaking of bread. That's really communion. They were taking communion often with each other. And you know what that really is saying? It's saying they were keeping the cross central in their life. Christ died on the cross for us. For our sin. And He rose again. And he said, if you would believe upon me, you shall be saved. If you seek repentance, if you ask for forgiveness, if you invite me in, you shall be saved. You are forgiven. And so communion, the breaking of bread, was often in the koinonia, in the fellowship. But do you know what that's really saying also? is they were focused, they were devoted to forgiveness. Christ has forgiven me much. So I forgive you. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to help us to forgive one another? Because when we're in koinonia, when we are in fellowship together, here's the truth. In our sin, in our flesh, we wrong one another. There needs to be forgiveness. Will you hand over that bitterness and that anger, that rage? Will you hand that over to Jesus who forgave you completely for your sin? And will you say, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, help me to forgive my brother or sister because you have forgiven me. They were devoted to that. And we need to be that as well. Live at the foot of the cross. Remember, without his sacrifice for us, we would be covered in sin. And He's cleansed us and forgiven us. They were devoted to that. And they were devoted to prayer. Really, to the prayers, which is worship. They were devoted to worship. We just saw the video this morning how we were committed to coming together into the throne room of our Lord and Savior and praying we have direct access. Hebrews 10 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, we can come right into the throne room. How? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain. That is His body. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near to Him with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. You see, they entered in together as they gathered together in prayer, knowing they had direct access to the Lord. It wasn't just the priest anymore who could get direct access. It was them in prayer, and the Lord responded to their prayer, and they devoted themselves to prayer. God hears our prayers. What are you devoted to? Why don't you join our Saturday night prayer team? Pray over the things of this church Pray over the world. Come and gather. Be part of our prayer chain that prays over the needs and the hurts of the body. Together in your your growth groups, spend a lot of time praying for each other and for the will of the Lord. Praying by giving thanks to Him, praise to Him, lifting up our supplications to Him, our desires, His will for our lives. Let us be a people devoted to To prayer. And as they're living this out, as they're moving in the Spirit, God is doing a great work. And verse 43 says, An awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Amazing wonders and signs and healings. And and God was doing amazing things through his apostles. And and these miracles, I, I believe, were meant to authenticate who the apostles were. Again, you can imagine some some of the people going, wait a second, aren't these guys fishermen? Like, why should we believe them? And the Lord empowered them to do miracles and wonders. It authenticated their apostleship. And they went around. And people were being drawn to Jesus and drawn to the Word of God and drawn to hearts that were transformed. You know, we should expect... Wonders and miracles from our Lord, because he 's a powerful God, same God yesterday as today, same holy Spirit as yesterday as today. We should expect god 's going to do great works, but our our center our our focus should be Lord, you, we demand you better do a miracle here, what the devotion should be, and what the the, the asking should be is Lord. Jesus, we want more of you. We're not living our lives based on this emotion and this radical experience. Jesus, we want more of you. And we trust that if you need to do miracles or wonders, you'll do it. Because that's the God you are. They were devoted to that. And what happened is, as the Holy Spirit's working in their lives, what's starting to take place in their community of 3,000 that began day one, is all of a sudden God gave them a heart to really care and have a compassion for those in need. They started to share everything. And all who believed were together and they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. You know what the problem is today? We have too many lawnmowers. That's the problem today. We all have lawnmowers. You see, what they did when they lived in community is they said, we're selling all of our lawnmowers. We'll keep one for that small patch of grass in the desert there. But they were sharing as they had need. Everything was in common. They were sharing in fellowship, and then they were sharing out the life of Christ. Sold all their stuff. Gave it to the body. Are we supposed to sell everything and share everything with the community in this church? Is that what the, the asking is? Is that what the command is? Sell it all. The language doesn't seem to speak to that. It seems to, to indicate that there was a selling and a giving as was needed, as the need arose. So no, you can have your own home. You can not have your own lawnmower, and I know you do. But as a need arises, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, do you want me to share this? It's not my stuff. It's not my money. Why doesn't your prayer life be, Lord, what would you have me do with your money today? Is there someone that you need to place in my heart that I need to come alongside with financially or resources? That's the type of people we should be because God is a generous God. And if His life is living out through us, then we're going to be a generous people. And when we are a generous people, guess what? That reveals Christ. So let us be devoted to the needy. Let us ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to come alongside? Again, help me to know that this isn't my stuff. It's all yours. And so give freely. And look at verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together... What incredible joy they had. Sincere hearts. They were singleness of hearts. What's convicting to me is every day, every day they did this. They gathered. They were breaking bread. Again, communion. And then also food together. There's something really good about having a meal together. It's community. Every day they were devoted. Again, again, it wasn't just church and some spiritual snack. Our lives are committed to Christ. Why? Because we have been changed and saved. Our lives have been completely transformed. We're a new creation in Christ. And therefore, our lives are all about you, Jesus. Every day, they met together. Whether it be in the temple, large gathering, church, or home-to-home growth groups. Again, you need to be part of a growth group. Everybody was in awe. Everybody was amazed. Jesus was being revealed. The Holy Spirit's being poured out. They're becoming a devoted people. And as they were a devoted people, guess what starts to happen? It says the Lord was adding to their number daily. All the Lord's work, not ours, but the Lord added to their number daily. Why aren't we experiencing this? What's happening in our church family? We should be expectant that God is working on hearts. Here's what I know that's true. As the people were devoted to Jesus, as they were learning from the Word, as they were growing, guess what? They're sharing about the love of Jesus. They couldn't shut up about Here's what God did in my life. Oh my goodness, I was pierced to the core. He has forgiven me. They're sharing their story. They were devoted to witness. I must share with you what Jesus has done in my life. And the Lord added to their number daily. Dear saints, are we in inviting people? Are we inviting people into the kingdom of God? Are we inviting people to this gathering so that people can experience the love of Jesus, hear the apostles' teaching? Are we in inviting people? Because the Holy Spirit's still at work. And so ask the Lord, Lord, help me to give witness, to give testimony. I want you to change this person's heart. And I know you can. Are we a devoted people? Let's pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts, challenge us again, Lord. Help us to be a people devoted unto you, a people devoted to your teaching, a people devoted to fellowship, devoted to forgiveness and to to the joy of your life in us. Devoted, Father, to prayers, may we draw close to you. Give us a heart for the needy. Give us a heart for witness. May your kingdom expand. May you be glorified in all of these things. In your precious name, amen.